Welcome back to season two of Merendiando. I love to say the title of our show like a luchador. Like we're about to just jump into the wrestling ring. So welcome back to season two. This is our first episode. And it's a special one because we are really excited because the Caminos Festival is right around the corner. Ya aquí a la vuelta de la esquina. Mm-hmm. And this episode, we're going to feature some conversations that we got to have with some of the artists in the festival lineup. But firstly, what is the Caminos Festival? Let me tell you. The Caminos Festival is a theater festival, but it's all about new experimental performance works. So if you're an artist and you want to explore a new idea, a new show, but you want to take some risks, Caminos is a place where you can do that. It's multicultural and multilingual with local, national, and international artists. So it's a really fun mix of people and stories that you get to hear. And then if you want to dance, oh my God, have a little bit of food, just enjoy with other artists or other members of the community the arts community you can just stay and go to their cabarets that they're free yeah there's free programming every night with an amazing dance party every night i always leave sweating but it's a good sweat it's the sweat we want it's like pure joy dancey sweat also if you want to come meet us in person the caminos festival actually offers live podcasts from merendeando every day before every performance yeah we'll talk more about that at the end of the episode for the next two episodes we're excited to do some sharing about what happens behind the scenes when you make a performance. Mm-hmm. In this podcast, we really want to make conversations available to people that um, you normally wouldn't get to hear when you go see a show. Like the kind of questions that the artists are asking in the process and, and what it takes to make a piece, I think is super fascinating. So we're excited to share that with all of you. In this episode, we are featuring artists from four shows in particular, Alexandra Montealegre and Leticia Torrejón from We Are What We Are, Paula Carreño and Miset Paratá from The Mente, Mateo Torres from José, Lucía Linares León and Monica Garrido from Bypass. In this episode, we're featuring artists with roots from all over, but who now live and work in Toronto. Hola, my name is Paula Carreño. Uh, I am from Colombia. Hola, buenas noches, Miset Parata, de Venezuela, Caracas, Caracas, Venezuela. ¿Quién es Alex? Alex Montealegre es una colombiana nacida en Bogotá. Llega aquí hace 11 años, a Canadá, Toronto. Bueno, Leticia, yeah, uh, well, I'm from Paraguay. My name is Mateo Galindo Torres, from, from Colombia, from Bogotá. Oh, my name is uh, Lucia Linares, and I'm, I'm from Peru, and Monica's, Monica's from Mexico. So, Monica, like, you and I have this conversation all the time about identities and labels and, like, who they actually serve and how we can remember to use them in a way that makes us feel the best. Like, that's the point of labels, right? I feel the, I don't know, the point of labels, it's to help other people identify who you are, to yeah. explain how you fit in this world, but I think... Also, personally, for me, if I label myself, I feel more secure. Also, while I'm like trying to propose a project or something, if I define it in words that people might understand, it will be easier for me to put it out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I see with uh, I can hear in the conversation that we had with this artist how they 
not only use labels for the purpose of their art, but also on the many roles they play on their own uh, day-to-day life as an artist, as you have done before. Totally. I call myself an artist because I find that, especially doing your own work, you end up being a set designer, you end up being wardrobe, you end up choreographing, you end up doing so much. I mean, can you really label yourself? Bueno, Leticia es mamá de cuatro hijos, abuela de una bebé hermosa, a financial advisor full time <laughs> y actriz de corazón, I will say. Labels are a really complex and difficult thing to talk about, especially when you're not from the country that you're living in now, and people can have all kinds of assumptions about you based on stereotypes. And they use those assumptions to try to connect with you easier, but it can sometimes also be very painful. In Paula and Misset's show, called The Mente, they explore some of the effects that this can have on someone's brain. So, uh, we, Misset and I will be performing a piece called The Mente, T-H-E, so the, and then mente in Spanish. Um, kind of like a play on words for the actual word de mente, which means insane in English. And it's not really talking about uh, in, like being crazy, um, although everyone is a little bit. But it's more so about, talks about the mind of the immigrant um, and how not we feel sometimes uh, or most of the time um, just jumping between cultures and facing struggles that we never uh, even imagined of um, having to confront and um, missing family and trying to create a new one here. And so, yeah, so it talks about the struggles. It talks about all the emotions and the feelings that go through through our heads and our minds as immigrants. Paola went on to explain that in her show, The Mente, she plays the role of the immigrant's brain, and the show uses the image of boxes and confinement quite a lot. Alexandra and Leticia are working on another show in the festival called We Are What We Are, which is based on the real stories of three incarcerated women from different places in the Americas. So, of course, they deal a lot with the idea of confinement, too. They are people who are physically in prison. Yeah, like inside of a jail. But if you really think about it, we all have some kind of jail in different aspects, like emotionally or uh, financially or, I don't know, spiritually. It really, there are many ways to see that, right? I, 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 had, a very, I had a very conversation about boxes with my mom. She probably is not happy that I'm talking about this, okay. uh, but it's fine. This is Mateo Torres, performer in the show Jose. The, the, the idea, like, like I, I, I believe, and I think we both agree in a way, that boxes are a double-edged sword. Because boxes do create existence, because we can put a label on top of them. But at the same time, the moment we put a label on top of them, we restrict them and we define them into a very specific thing, right? And, and you got to find the balance between both things. I am really happy that those boxes and label exist because I can find things that I can belong. They create community. They create um, just existence in just overall. Like you know, people can feel empathy because they recognize who you are from this label. But there's a point where the label becomes 
tight, like that you cannot move out of it. So perhaps the label needs to shift or you might be able to develop a new label that fits you better. It's one thing if those labels are put on you by strangers, society, or by people who don't really know you, but it's also a lot when those judgments come from your family and they're more personal because they're from these people who know you more intimately than anyone else in the world. Our friend, Monica Garrido, and her collaborator, Lucia Linares, are working on a show called Bypass, which tells a very personal story. There's a, a line that if we don't change it, um, but it says, like, my mom always taught me that thin is beautiful, which it was really true. It was like, you could be the worst human in the world, but if you're thin, you're winning. Yeah, it's this idea of, like, beauty has only one size. Beauty standards and family is, like, it's things we relate to quite a lot because culturally we, ch we share that. We try to be perfect. Uh, for our family, uh, because we like they're important in our life, but at the same time we forget that maybe we should be perfect for each uh, for ourselves, you know. And I think the the play uh, plays a lot with that. Mateo shares with us how things got a little personal in the rehearsal hall of Jose as well. I called the uh, the the group of us like my my therapy group. It's just spilling our guts about our own experiences, experiences as Latin American immigrant men and, and what that means, right? And, uh, and the beauty or the thing that I love the most about this, uh, this group is that we are all very different in many ways. So all of us identify as, uh, as male, like uh, cisgender, uh, males um, but like from that we see that there is like a huge kind of range of, of, of different identities you know these things that uh, soft is feminine and strong is man is BS it's bullshit mm -hmm. you can be really soft and being a man and you can be really strong and be a, a, a woman and that doesn't really matter these things define uh, they define just, just your, your character and identity not your gender not your uh, yeah, so <clears throat> quickly, uh, rather than having the theme of the project uh, define who we are, we kind of decided that who we are defines what the project is. Gender expectations are so real, and in Latin America, we have our own special flavor of expectations. And it applies to all people across all genders. I never in my life thought that um, being queer and being like Latinx or coming from a Latin American country could be something that could be together. And like now getting to be part of Camino is just a really, really big honor for me. Like being queer in like um, Peru or in a lot of um, Latin American countries is quite hard. And for me, sometimes it felt like I couldn't be both that I had to choose like either to follow my culture or follow like myself and like my identity and my like sexual orientation and my gender identity. Like they didn't go to uh, together for a long time. Um, 
because there's not the language for it as like they them doesn't really exist in spanish even though we're we're changing that um and like didn't get to see a lot of queer people and how they lived like back home in peru um they had a lot of queer uh, well actually all my high school friends we end up all being queer which was very funny um there was just a bunch of gay men and me uh of course yeah. uh, <laughs> but um but yeah like it wasn't until i moved to canada until i and i didn't really had much connection to latinx art until monica like introduced me to aluna and little by little i just like learned more about the organization and like the theater and like that's when i kind of clicked that like I could be both, like, I could see, like, Latinx artists on stage and, like, being proud of their queerness and being proud of being Latinx and, like, seeing people here in my own friends uh, being proud of themselves and, like, having this, like, like, they didn't have to compromise their culture and their background and where they came from and what they believe in. Like, they didn't to compromise any of that. Like, you could be both. You could be a queer Latinx person, which is how I identify now. I I am a Latino American man and in my individuality I define what that means. I define what the label means. And I think all of us can agree in that idea that we're trying to define this thing, right? And also acknowledging all the baggage that we carry of the expectations of behavior and how you're supposed to, you know, like like a man, you know, like you are a man, but 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 maybe 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 those are the things that we need to challenge, and and the way I think that we're challenging is by um, really recognizing this very varied individuality that we all have. It's really tricky to share personal stories about family on stage. I know that I'm super hesitant to do that because it's just so close to my heart, and I don't want to insult anyone or hurt anyone, but I mean. There are also very real issues in there. And it's so interesting to hear how people can hold the complexity of their family that loves them, but also doesn't understand them and may hurt them. And the humanity of all of us trying to connect and feel loved in the way that makes us feel the best. I think now, just to, because I love to defend my mother, because I love her, uh, as, no way, oh yeah, it's like as we grow older, she realizes that's not the answer that beauty is just beauty itself i think yeah even though my mother and even my father put these ideas of what beauty is in me they also put so much confidence in me so they in a way they balance me the choices they make are not always good for me because i'm a different person and it's like maybe what they think is best for me isn't but they're trying their hardest to protect me and like make sure that i'm able to survive in this world um, regardless of where i am in the world um so my mom has always protected me and like by telling me like to be like a stereotypical like um, feminine or whatever regardless like well my mom sees me as a as a woman um which is fine because she's my mother um and to a certain extent for me it's like she gets a lot of passes that other people don't get um just because i understand where she comes from 
and she just wants to protect me and make sure that my life is okay and that not other people hurt me because of she also comes from a generation that she's had to fight for so much just as a woman so she's just trying to make sure that i don't have to fight as much that you don't need to fit this preconceived idea of what a macho is but you can define the macho from your individuality you can be a flamboyant gay man you can be a soft vulnerable uh, uh, crying uh, man and still be a man and so that's I think that's or that's how I'm going at it right pero esta hora me tuve que enfrentar con una con un aspecto muy de mi vida personal alguien muy allegado a mí tuvo que pasar por una circunstancia muy difícil entonces me inspiré en ella para poder investigar en otras historias y, y, y que la gente no sea tan injusta o sea tú no puedes juzgar si bien es cierto cometió un crimen terrible pero detrás de ese crimen hay una historia triste nosotros pensamos que nacieron delincuentes y así y los tratamos como tal pero cada persona tiene una historia muy triste y nadie se hace así por casualidad, por obra y gracia del Espíritu Santo. Hay una historia, hay algo detrás de cada este persona y cada personaje tiene una historia muy fuerte. And also it's just finding that middle ground of being like, okay, this was good for you, but it's not good for me. How do I tell you? How do I explain it to you? And I think through art and through discovering like, way, like it's how we discover ways to say it. To say, like, let's just meet in the middle point. I understand you, and you need to understand me as well. And I think that's how, like, we all grow as humans and learn new things about each other. The idea of using art as a way to understand each other is super beautiful. And I think Miset Parate from the show The Mente would agree. I went back after being in Canada for 11 years. So I went back after being outside my country for 11 years. I was like, and I was different. The way I approach people, the way I talk. Uh, but one thing, music, my dance. And when you started feeling that, and the joking around, and the food, and the saludo, el cafecito, o la chelita, o la cervecita, that started to bring you back to who you are. And I felt that for myself, I refreshed my roots. Mis raíces estaban secas de algún modo. Y me tuve que adaptar. Yeah. So because I was new in my country again. Yeah. So that was a good one. And it took me a while. Otra vez to be like, I'm here and I belong here also. Music is a really powerful way to connect people because it doesn't rely on language and you can dance to it and connect with people in so many subtle ways. Both Paula and Miset use a lot of dance in their show. And Miset shared a bit with us about their journey with drumming and how important it is to their work. I met a lot of great musicians in Venezuela, amazing people who taught themselves, who they were born into families that were like, traditional or musician or people who didn't have money to go to school so they learned by passing the information through other people and it was very um it was amazing to see how many musicians have played with Willie Colon, Gilberto Santa Rosa like my teachers I was like what and I was learning from these people and a lot of the places were for free 
because they believe on passing on the information. They believe in the culture. They believe in the music. So that was something that I took on with me. And when I came back to Canada, I just came back last year, I want to bring my Afro-Venezuelan knowledge and my Latin and also mix it with the African, which are the roots, you know. So I've been meeting people. I've been going to festival, to worship. And when you hear the drumming, you're like, it sounds the same. You know, like you, you see some changes and some, I don't know, but the rhythms, they might vary, but it's the same thing. And you're like, wow, this is mother. Africa, it's the mother. Tenemos la fortuna de contar con eh, Rosa Cervantes, que es una cantante mexicana, que es esa mujer a mí, el día que, porque yo estaba buscando una canción, y decía, pucha, bueno, no, no dije groserías, eh, ¿qué canción, necesito una canción que le dé el final? Que le dé como la parte, como la esperanza, algo. Y me llegó un trabajo de Rosa. A mí me gusta mucho Almodóvar y me encanta, eh, me encanta Chabela Vargas y me encanta la voz de esa mujer. Cuando yo escucho a esta mujer, la sola presencia, su físico, me trajo Almodóvar, me trajo a Taco, toda esta vaina que a mí me gusta. Entonces buscamos la canción, la canción es absolutamente espectacular. Es una canción como si la hubiesen escrito para la obra, te lo juro. Es una canción viejísima, la canta una señora que se llama Lucha Villa. Y, y la canción, yo busqué, busqué yo, mirando, porque me salían canciones de salsa, una porra de vainas de esas. Decía, no, cuando me cae esta canción, yo ahí mismo, la voz de esta mujer, la voz, y la interpretación que hace Rosa de Cervantes de esta canción es espectacular. Music can connect things without words, and sometimes it can replace words all together. Ella tiene una parte folclórica de su país, que es Colombia, yo de Venezuela. Lo que hacemos nos podemos relacionar, we can relate with each other. Yeah. So when we talk about that, there is a, we An know, understanding. understanding. Mm -hmm. And I kind of know some movements, and she knows some movement, which is interesting, the Afro relationship yeah. she's from colombia but i'm from venezuela but it's something similar so when when i show her oh we dance like that she's like oh and we dance like that and my sounds like that and i say oh yeah i kind of heard that in my classes and and so she knows because she also did percussion mm -hmm. when she was little so and mm -hmm. also for me it's easy it's easy for us to have that conversation in dance and in music and sometimes oh. like even uh i'll just be like do the ta -da 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 -da, like i'll <laughs> I won't use words or like I'll grab a table and I'm like, no, I like the tan, 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 and like I'll play it. And then she's like, oh, the this and the that. And then at the end, we're not really talking that much. We're just. It's like a third language. It's just music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And movement. Yeah. It makes me so happy in a way that language could never even describe. Like music makes me happy and makes me feel connected with like it's wordless, wordless joy. You know what? Music, it's our main connector. doesn't matter what language you speak, you will relate to it. And man, that's such a good way to end this, this episode. This of, episode. And it's also amazing because next episode we have more artists. Yeah, talk. with many. And we talk about different things. It's amazing. So please stay tuned for that. And also, if you want to meet us in person, if you're like, how does it work? Every night before 
each presentation, Camila and I will be doing a live merendeando at the cabaret space there at the Daniel Spectrum. So please come and join us. Be part of this conversation. Check out the show notes for more information about the Caminos Festival and our live podcast recordings. We want to thank Alexandra, Leticia, Lucia, Mateo, Miset, and Paula, and of course Monica, for taking the time to speak with us and share a bit about their creative process. If you, dear listener, want to catch their shows, you're going to have the best time. Check out the show notes for more details. Uh, there's only one performance of each of their shows, so make sure you catch them. That's all for this week. No nos vemos, pero sí nos escuchamos en Radio Aluna Teatro. Radio Luna Teatro is produced by Aluna Theater, with support from the Metca Foundation, the Laidlaw Foundation, the City of Toronto, the Canada's Council for the Arts, the Ontario Arts Council, and the Toronto Arts Council. Aluna Theater is Beatriz Pisano and Trevor Schwalmans, with Sue Balance and Gian Amans. Radio Aluna Theater is produced by Camila Diaz-Varela and Monica Garrido. For more about Aluna Theater, visit us at alunatheater.ca. Follow at Aluna Theater on Twitter or Instagram, or like us on Facebook. Follow and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes.